0: Good morning, everybody. You're all doing good this morning. Man, it's good to see you all. Um, My name is Pastor Caleb. I'm a student pastor here at NCC, and I get the opportunity to speak with you guys this morning, uh, starting our new series next. And we uh, really excited about this, just talking about this next generation. And so today um, and next week, we're going to be talking about students, talking about kids and what this next generation, like their importance to the church and our role as a church in investing and being a part of setting them up for their future and what God has for them. And so I've been blessed to be here about a little over two years, um, helping out with Um, NYC, which if you don't know, is New Youth Culture. Um, So we have service on Wednesday nights up in the Next Gen Room, and uh, I get to see 6th through 12th graders, our students, um, really grow in their faith and helping just be a part of equipping them to be pastors of their community, of their peers and the people around them in their life, and being able to live out everything that God has for them. And so, man, it's been an honor uh, to hang out with them. And to be able to do that for the last couple of years and today get a chance to kind of talk a little bit about what this next generation means and what we could do as a church to really give them everything that we have. And when we look at um, students and kids, I mean, this time of their life is really important. You know, as they're maturing and they're growing and they are starting to make some more decisions for themselves, uh, starting to gain a little bit more independence and start to kind of solidify their own beliefs, it's really important that we as a church um, do our best to help set them up for success, and to be confident, and to, be, to have this assurance of their faith and relationship with God whenever they enter kind of on their own into this world, the world that is a little different than a lot of us have grown up in, and so, man, setting them up the best that we can. And so you see all this dirt moving out in the front, like, the reason we're doing this is because we want to give our best to this next generation. And so all this new stuff, all the new building, the new auditorium, the new classrooms, that's for students and for kids because we want them to have our best. And we want to do everything that we can to invest in this next generation. And so it's exciting just to be able to talk about this a little bit. Um, And this is actually a declaration of New Community Church, is that we invest in the next generation. And this is really important to us here at the church, and so just being a part of this family, um, that we would invest in this next generation. And it's important that we do this because students and kids, as they grow up, man, they're going to soon be leading the church. And, you know not just this church, but kind of the church as a whole, they're going to be leading the church. They're going to be leading businesses around this community, around the world, leading other people. And so they're going to be effectively changing the future and changing the world around them. And so it's important that we give everything that we can to help them to grow. And as we invest in students and kids, we are effectively changing the world around us and being a part of them influencing people and affecting people in their life. And at New Youth Culture, um, a vision that we have come up with and believe that is kind of um, entails everything that God is challenging students to do in this next generation to do, is we say that we are redefining the future by cultivating a new youth culture. And that second part, cultivating a new youth culture, is kind of specific to students and helping you know recreate the way that students behave and act and treat each other, but redefining the future it's something I want to kind of focus on and kind of be a focus of today, this morning, because I believe that each one of us has the opportunity to redefine the future. And for students, I mean, their faith has a chance to affect their families going forward in their life. They need the other people around them, and so they're redefining what the future looks like because of what God's doing in them right now. And then As a church, as we invest in this next generation, as we give and we serve, and we're a part of investing in them, we are helping to redefine the future because we are a part of what God's doing in them. And so today I want to bring things a little bit closer to home, and I believe that what God wants to do in this next generation, and even in our lives, starts right here. It starts at home, and it starts in our families. As so we talk about family a little bit, when I say that word, some of you guys in this room might think love, comfort, the safe place, people that I love to be around, like my favorite place to be. I look forward to it each day to finally get home and be with my family, and I've been blessed to have a family like that, a culture of, um, of love and encouragement from my parents and our family, which is amazing, but I know that a lot of you in this room, and I know that a lot of students in this community hear family and think of Brokenness. Think of abandonment, a messy, dysfunctional, and not a safe place. You know, a place that doesn't represent rest, that doesn't represent life to them. And I want to, I'm mean, here today to show you, like, that something can change, and that that the future of your family doesn't have to look like what has already been done. And so you might be sitting in this room and think, I mean, something needs to change, and I want my family to look different than what I've seen so far. But for each one of us, we have the opportunity to redefine our future. And it's important we let this next generation know that they have this chance to do this, that in their life, God can start something new to redefine what their family looks like and to redefine what their future looks like. And so I want to go back and look at one of the most important families in history. And so if you have your Bible, you can open it up. Um, There's a Bible maybe in the seat in front of you. If you don't have one on your phone, you can open that up to Genesis chapter 22. And as you're doing that, then we, on Wednesday, something that we do is we take notes each week. And I challenge students to do that um, because we say that note takers are... History makers. Note takers are history makers, and we really believe that man, it's important to write down and record what God's speaking to us. And this goes for all of us in the room. And what God is speaking to us, that we'd write it down and be able to go back and look at what promises, the things God has done in our life. And that's encouraging as we move forward. So I encourage you to take some notes as we're um, going through this message this morning. But as we're talking about Genesis, this is the very beginning And you look at the very beginning of this story of humanity and God, and there's Adam and Eve. And as they're in the garden, and they have this moment where they fall into sin, and this sin is now brought into the world. And there's a separation of humanity from God because of the choices that they made. And from this moment forward in the Bible, you see story after story of humanity acting out in defiance to God, acting out in selfishness and in a sinful way, a way that's displeasing to God. And after these stories, there's a moment where God decides that he's going to create a new plan of redeeming man back to himself, giving us a way to have a relationship with him again. And as you fast forward in the Bible, like that story ultimately leads up to Jesus giving his life, God giving his son, that we could have this relationship with him again. But I want to bring it back a little bit further, back to the beginning of where this covenant begins and where God starts this new plan of bringing us back to him. And this, this plan starts with a man named Abraham starts with a man named Abraham. And God says through his descendants and through this family, because of his faith, that the nations of the world will be changed and will be blessed because of what God's doing in this family line. And now, Abraham wasn't a perfect guy. And so I'm not going to stand up here today and say that we should do everything that he did in his life. But there's a moment in his life that's recorded in Scripture that defines his faith and defines his family going forward that I believe is encouraging for us as we Talk about redefining the future of our family and of our life. So, in Genesis chapter 22, if you're there, we're going to start in verse 2. And this is what it says God's calling Abraham, this is what he says to him Take your son, your only son, Isaac, whom you love, and go to the land of Moriah, and offer him there as a burnt offering on one of the mountains of which I shall tell you. Now, Isaac, his son, was a promise from God. Abraham and his wife, Sarah, they haven't been able to have kids of their own their entire life. Sarah's 90 years old and Abraham's like 100. Like their time for having kids has passed. And they have just, like they believe that that time is not going to come. Like that's not a part of what their life's going to look like. But God promises them this son and like a future, you know, like someone who's going to carry on this family line and like continue this legacy of their family they have Isaac, and God comes through on that promise. They have Isaac, and now God's asking Abraham to give up everything, you know, the future of his family. God's told him that the, the, you know, his descendants are going to be like, you can't even count them, and then now there's Isaac, and God's asking him to give him up. And what does Abraham do in this moment? He obeys God. He doesn't hesitate. He doesn't hold anything back, but he, he's obeying God and willing to give everything Back to him. And in verse 9, this is what it says. When they came to the place of which God had told him, Abraham built the altar there and laid the wood in order and bound Isaac, his son, and laid him on the altar on top of the wood. In this moment, Abraham's about to give up everything. His son, who's this incredible gift from God, but he's not holding back anything from the Lord. And in the moment that Abraham takes the knife in his hand, an angel of the Lord stops him and says to him, in verse 16, He says, in your offspring shall all the nations of the earth be blessed. Everyone say all. All All the nations of the earth will be blessed because you have obeyed my voice. Because of this moment of obedience and of faith that he has withheld nothing from the Lord. His family will be changed forever. And people across the world, all these nations of the earth will be blessed. You see, it all starts with the faith of one. It all starts with the faith of one, that God can change nations of people because of the faith of one man who's willing to give up everything for the Lord, to obey in a crazy way. And it sounds crazy, but Abraham was just willing to do anything God was calling him to do. He had a wild kind of faith, and that kind of faith, that kind of obedience is what can change your family, can change the future of your life, of the people in your life. And I want to take a look at Abraham's family. So we look at this genealogy, kind of the descendants that come from Abraham. Kind of some highlights. There's Isaac, his son, who is a miracle in the first place. And so God, I mean, God provided Abraham and Sarah with the son, even in their old age. So this miracle son. And then Isaac's grandson, who's Joseph, Who his brothers sold him as a slave. But even in that, God promoted him to second in the command in Egypt, where he was able to save countless lives. It is an incredible, incredible story. And you fast forward and you see David continuing in these descendants from Abraham. David, who is a man after God's own heart, who killed Goliath, became the king of Israel. And Joseph, who is the earthly father to Jesus. You see in this line, there comes Jesus who changes the world forever. And because of this family, because of the faith of Abraham and the family, the legacy of faith that followed, that Jesus was able to come and change the world. In this moment that God has given his only son, that we could have a relationship with him again, that all the nations now, like history is changed and our lives are now affected by what has happened here. Because we have the opportunity to have a relationship with God because Jesus came because of the faith of Abraham and what God was able to do in that family. And I want you to know that you can have the kind of faith that Abraham had. You can have that kind of faith. You can create the kind of legacy in your family. Your faith can change your family. Your faith can change your family. That in the future, going forward, like things don't have to look the way that they always have. You don't have to treat people the way people have treated you, but because of what God's doing in your life, your faith can change the course of where what your family looks like, and the way you treat your kids, the way that your family affects the world. And that's changing your family now, but even your kids as they grow up, that faith that continues on, and their kids and their kids and the people in their life Man, who knows how many people could be affected by the faith that starts right here in this room, the obedience that God is calling you to, because your faith can change your family. When I think about that kind of faith, I think about my grandma and um, she she is a woman of faith, and I thank God for her, and she's someone who is, like, praying for me and my cousins and all of our family, like, every single day, and I'm like, how do you fit all those people, like, into one day of prayer, but, like, every time I see her, she's like, I'm praying for you, praying for your future, like, I'm praying for your wife, I'm like, okay, thanks, Grandma, um, but she's, like, always praying for us, right? And the faith that has helped define who our family is—like I have grown up in a faith-filled home and been so blessed by that—but it's because of the faith that's been passed down in our family. And she didn't grow up in a place that was encouraging of that, but it's something that started in her—that my God, did, that our God did in her—that helped define who our family is and what that faith looks like. And even on the other side, I man, goes back even further generations but a a legacy of faith that has been passed down. And the way that our family has been affected by that. And you might hear this story and you think like, man, yeah, our family is a part of a legacy like that. And that's incredible. And we have the chance to continue to pass that on, continue to strengthen the generations that come after us. You might be thinking that, man, my family doesn't have a story like that. My family doesn't look like like that. But what if it did? But I want to tell you today that that could start right here. It could start with you. God's looking for someone to be obedient, to have faith—a wild kind of faith that can change the future. That your relationships don't have to look like your parents. That going forward, you don't have to treat your kids the way that you've been treated. You don't have to. Your family can change the world in a good way. And this is something that's so important for us to make sure that this next generation knows that they can change their family. The faith that they have can change their future. That your past does not have to define your future. That from this moment forward, things can look different. That God can define what your life looks like going forward to start something new, to start a legacy of faith. Faith that goes beyond just us. A legacy is something that goes beyond just a generation, but something we pass down and goes is bigger than us. We're a part of that here at New Community Church, to be a part of this next generation being encouraged and sent out into the world to do what God has called them to do. That we would give everything we have to make sure that they Fulfill God's promises over their life to start something new in their life. And that's why we invest in this next generation. Why we give. Why we serve. Why we care for them. Why we spend time talking about their life. Why we pay attention to them and make sure that we give everything we have for them is so that they can come into this place that they know that their lives can look different. The way that people have treated them doesn't have to be the way that they're going to treat people. That their family can now look different because of the faith that God is growing inside of them. That their identity is not defined by other people. It's not defined by how others have treated them. But it's defined by the word of God and what God's doing in them. And that's for each of us, that our future would look different because of what God's doing in us. Your past does not have to define your future. God has something new for you, new for your family. And I want you to see the importance of what we do for young people here at NCC, but remember that this is for all of us, to redefine our future, that God would grow that faith inside of us. And so I want to ask you, what is God speaking to you right now? As we're talking about this, there's probably a moment or a situation in your life that's come to your mind that's going to require some wild faith. It's going to require stepping out in obedience in a way that you never have before. But those are the moments that change something. Those are the moments that define what our family looks like, that define how we affect the world. And so I want to just take a moment right now. If you, you have notes in front of you, and I want you to write down if God's speaking something to you right now that's going to require some wild faith that he's calling you to do, go ahead and write that down as he's speaking to you. I'm just going to give you a few seconds to do that. And these are the situations, these are the moments that are going to define our future. That are going to change things. So let's not hold back, let's not hesitate when God calls us to act. Let's not hold back anything from him. Because God knows more than we do. God knows better than we do. And God loves your kids more than you do. God loves your friends more than you do. So let's trust God with them. Let's trust God with our life and let him guide us and define what our future looks like. We'd live fully for God with a wild kind of faith, obedience. If I could ask everyone to bow your heads and close your eyes. We're going to take a moment and just pray. I want to pray over us together that we would live this kind of fully committed life to the lord and if you're sitting here today and you're ready to make that commitment to obey fully to hold nothing back and to not hesitate when god calls you then i want you to call that out to god as we pray and let him know you're ready to trust him and i want you to know something that it can be tough abraham for all he knew was giving up his only son but in those tough times Sometimes dark times is when we trust God because he will come through. And that kind of faith will change our family, will change our future. So let's pray together and we'll just let God know that we're ready to be used by him and whatever he has planned for us. Jesus, we love you so much, God, and I thank you for this morning, God, that we can come to you and trust you with who we are. God, we lift ourselves up to you right now surrendering our life, Lord, whatever you want to do in us. Jesus, do it. Lead us to that. God, we are ready to obey, Lord, with with, no hesitation, that we wouldn't hold anything back from you, God, but we trust you. And God, I pray right now for every family that's represented in this room. God, that the future of this family would look different because of the faith that's starting right here in this room. Jesus, what you're doing in each one of us in this place, God, would go out and would change the future, would change people in our lives. That this kind of faith and obedience, Lord, you would use To bring people back to you lord we love you so much in jesus name we pray amen
1: amen that was a great reminder this morning of what god wants to do through our lives and just these two weeks of this week when pastor caleb's speaking and then next week when pastor sarah shares i wanted to take the end of service and just kind of close a little bit differently and for them to have the opportunity to share their heart for students, because that's part of what God has called you to do here in our church, is to both pour into students, um, to equip parents as they're leading teenagers and in, in their students, and then also to raise up other leaders that have that passion inside of their lives. And so, let's just start with a little bit about you, Caleb. I know, I know you. Um, you've been here about two and a half years. Um, Caleb's from Oklahoma. You guys may have heard him. Tell stories about that. We won't hold that against Nobody them, okay? Cool. I don't think no one clap in this room there. Cool that. <laughs> so, um also another thing you may not know is Caleb's a big um, Sooners fan. Yes. So you just suffered a pretty big loss two weeks yeah. ago. Yeah. Got a couple <laughs> okay. of claps out there. Got a there. couple of claps. So okay. So you love college football. Let's start there. Why is college football better than NFL? Because we don't agree on this. Yeah. So let's just start there.
0: Now, first of all, this is a conversation I'm willing to have with people, but my mind is just – it's set, okay? You're not going to change my mind. But, I mean, I think college football is so much fun to watch for me. Like, I just think players in college play with more passion and more heart in college. Like, they got something to prove. And whether you agree with me or not, I, and I believe that. And there's something else, like, the turnover of players is something I really like. Like, you got to recruit new players every year. Like, players are graduating and leaving. And then, like, things just change all the time. So you never really know what to expect. Different teams could be on top – Like, underdogs, like, even this weekend, like, there were, like, unranked teams beating, like, top 10 teams. Like, it's just, it's fun to watch because things change all the time. Okay. So, I mean, there's a couple reasons. Okay,
1: I got you there. So, we're talking about, you know, students today investing in the next generation. There may be those here that have their own, um, you know, in their own household. Their kids are teenagers. Others may be grandparents or aunts or uncles. And as you're working with students, what is it that you think, you know, that they would want older adults to know. Some of us are a little bit further away from those teenage years. We've forgotten what it's like to be that age. So what's something, you know, that they want older adults to maybe remember or as they're interacting with them?
0: Yeah. I mean, so when we say students, we are talking about teenagers. Mm -hmm. And um, so this time of their life, like, they're getting a little older. Each year, they're going to have a little bit more responsibility, kind of making some more decisions for themselves. And solidifying some of their own beliefs for themselves and so it's important to recognize like that part of their life and I think a lot of students are looking for um, like parents or older adults to recognize some of that independence in them and their ability to think for themselves or ability to kind of work through problems for themselves and there is a balance there because they are teenagers still in your home but I think even just being a part of those conversations of like why you can't be a part of this group? like let's talk about it and you can kind of understand where I'm coming from, let's be a part of those conversations, or like hitting a financial hurdle, um, yeah. like giving them a chance to fix it themselves or giving them some, some responsibility there to think through the problem and be a part of that solution. Um, and so I think and I mean it even makes me think of like coming to church. you know a lot of students will come to church because their parents make them, but at what point are they coming because it's like something that's important to them? Yeah. so when they graduate like church is a part of their life, not just because that's what they are made to do. And so I think recognizing some of that independence and like acknowledging that in their life, I think is important.
1: No, I love that and how we can help foster that. Yeah. And and build that independence. So they're ready as they move into adulthood, you know, at first service, I was talking to Verdita, one of our teachers, and she was just mentioning every year it seems like students are different. You know, mm-hmm. so much stuff changes. And so, you know, as you're ministering to students and you see the culture changing around us, what's one of the biggest fa- um, challenges that our teenagers will face in the upcoming years?
0: Yeah, um, I think one of the biggest things is just standing on the truth of God's word and I mean that's going to be more and more difficult. I think even in our culture now, you can see it kind of changing and being more like it's all about accepting anyone for whatever they feel is right or whatever like they believe is you know just whatever they think is right, and then there's the Bible that tells us that we've all fallen short of the glory of God, it tells us that we're all sinful and just being born into this world like we're not right, and there's this idea that like we change things about ourselves that we become more like Christ, and that we 're not our best self right now and uh, like something that creates that line of right and wrong I think is become more and more offensive to people as the years go by and so as students as they're getting older and they're being more um, a part of this you know the community that they're gonna find it I think really difficult um, like to stand on the word of God something that is going to offend more and more people I think as time goes on
1: yeah that is a big challenge okay last question you work with students. Yeah. I know those of us that have teenagers know it's not always the easiest thing, or those of you that have. <laughs> but what's one of the most rewarding things about working with students or different leaders that are serving with you? What is it that you find rewarding about that?
0: Yeah. Um, man, just like being a part of so much of their spiritual growth, like being a pastor here at the church with them, like seeing students like get it and understand that they're, their faith for themselves and like take responsibility for their relationship with God for themselves is awesome because like it's the moments that students will come and and mention like something God spoke to them but it wasn't like in a service like that was this weekend like where you were at home and so like hearing them talk about God speaking to them on their own time you know or like um, how their lives are now changing they're changing their behavior because of what um, they read in the Bible or what God has spoken to them and even like students serving on a Sunday like they're a part of the church you know and like they're taking it on themselves that this is an important part of their life and like serving up here upstairs or even like welcoming and so like those things of students taking their like responsibility for their spiritual growth for them for their for their self and he's like it's so cool to see because they're they're getting it you know and they're growing like that it's really cool i love that
1: can we give caleb a hand